0: Hello Faithful Listener and welcome to this Small Voice Podcast. I'm Holly.
1: And I'm Darren. In this podcast we'll be looking back over some of our festive recommendations from last month to see whether they turned out to be naughty or nice.
0: And then with the new year in mind we'll be talking about resolutions, transformation, hope and fragility. So uh, I hope you've got your your notebook with your new year's resolutions Darren.
1: (laughs) More on that story later.
0: Well absolutely. So I mean... We're a few, we're a good couple of weeks into the new year. Uh, how are you doing, Darren? How, how's things?
1: Uh, things are fine. We had a, a, a nice kind of quiet family Christmas. I then went out for a meal with friends in Hogmanay, so in the new year. So that was lovely. Um, I'm conscious that in terms of health checks, um one or two times when I've said that I'm not doing well, it's really funny because, you know, friends and sometimes family listen to the podcast, you, you then get contacted by them concerned. So I tend to play it fairly safe with the health check. So I'm wondering if maybe I should just talk about something that, that you know, is, has been really positive. Uh, and this week, uh, my wife Jill and I um, got back to tango. We didn't really do any Argentine tango last term, but we've restarted our classes uh, and that was lovely. We went to a practice on Monday. Practica, if I want to use the term. And then we went to a class on Wednesday. And for once, I, I could sort of follow the steps, which, which was good. Um, so Argentine Tango is, is a lovely thing. Uh, it, it might sound um, frivolous, but trust me, Holly, I have a TED Talk on what you can learn from Argentine Tango about leadership. Um, I'll, I'll try it out on you sometime but <laughs> oh, it's, um, because basically Argentine tango however complicated it looks and I know that if you look at it on Strictly Come Dancing it looks like they're having sex walking trust me it's not like that as a social dance or certainly not the way I dance it but the golden rule about Argentine tango is that you must dance heart to heart So and there's what a I'm... real leadership lesson there what I'm
0: hearing is that I need to book you into my <laughs> my work to give some some talks on leadership and and development. Oh,
1: yeah, you I, know, even I would normally say weddings but bar was Holly, I'd do it for free.
0: Oh, come and do a wee <laughs> corporate talk for us. I was just thinking when you were talking that maybe the key uh, to to talking about your um, how you're doing health and mentally, uh, knowing that your friends and family are listening, is to say I am. I'm I'm deeply sad, but in a way that I think could be resolved with a bottle of wine, <laughs> uh, get, just left at my door uh mysteriously of an afternoon um there
1: there may come a time when i will scrape the barrel but not yet not yet so my What, what about you
0: oh well i was gonna say my health check is not about my health my health check is about uh my granny's health um so i went over to visit my family on um sunday it's thursday as we're recording this and uh my uh granny Almost immediately after I got off the plane managed to have a spectacular fall and uh, lose a couple of pints of blood into her knee and she's been in hospital unfortunately ever since. Now um, I don't want you to be imagining a particularly frail woman in her late 80s, she is giving the nurses absolute hell. Um, She's an absolute nightmare patient. They're all calling her sweetie and I'm thinking, who are you talking about? That is not my grandmother. She's a battle axe. Um, But she is very sore and very bruised. And uh, I think her her pride is a little bit bruised as well. Um, So I've spent uh, a good part of this week in the Royal Victoria Hospital in uh, Belfast. Who've been giving my granny exceptional care under... Um, very challenging and underfunded circumstances um, so uh, it's been uh, an interesting week and I've come home to look after my own patients at the hospice for a rest uh, so uh, <laughs> so that's my health check so if I look a bit bleary during the podcast then uh, you can blame uh, you can blame my granny Ina who uh um it's her fault anyway hello to your
1: granny Ina would she would she um does she need a bottle of wine delivered to her door by
0: she requested she told me that uh, the data had run out on her phone and I needed to bring her in her ipad because otherwise she couldn't get onto the wi-fi to play her game slash do a lot of internet shopping this is not what
1: hospital visiting used to be like no
0: I did she did request grapes to be fair um yeah Anyway we've had some uh, great listener feedback so thanks uh, so much to everyone who's taken the time to contact us but look if you only thought about getting in touch and didn't quite get around to it don't worry we've been there too. Um, Thanks for listening and thinking about us anyway and maybe next time you will uh, pick up a pen.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Katrina enjoyed our pre-Christmas podcast, which had some reviews, previews and recommendations. Uh, She said it felt like a particularly wonderful selection box, which was very nice. I mean, who doesn't like a selection box? Uh, Meanwhile, Geraldine, following on from listener Louise's portrait of her speckled soul also sent in some of her own artwork. It was Geraldine's latest sewing project, which is a fabulous patchwork. Uh, A great metaphor for a soul, I think.
0: Um, And a shout out to Louise again, who says she now fancies herself as our artist in residence. Uh, See, Louise, you're going to have to duke that out with Geraldine, I think. Um, (laughs) Louise um, has sent us a fab portrait of the new Doctor Who, Shuti Gatwa, um, we mentioned The Good Doctor in our last podcast, and I'm pretty sure he'll get a mention a wee bit later on in this one.
1: Yeah, uh, we got some really detailed feedback too, in a good way, uh, for which we're really grateful. This was in response to a request for input ahead of a small voice team meeting, which we had just at the start of the year. Uh, I can tell you some fine finger food was consumed and we chatted over lots of stuff, uh, including plans for this very podcast.
0: Um, There's no big announcements today, but we'll keep you updated as we go. Um, there's not enough time in this podcast to read out all your kind and helpful words. We have amazing listeners who gave we us absolutely such, do. such detailed yeah. feedback, It's um, so kind, um, but we'll be tweaking our format a wee bit um, and coming good on our earlier promise to feature some more voices again from time to time. So a special thanks to Katrina, Geraldine and Ruth for your longer thoughts. Uh, Ruth is a listener in Vancouver um, and we loved hearing from you and uh, excited to hear that we've got listeners in Canada.
1: Remember that our roving reporter Margaret is still committed to bringing us news of other small voices, people and organisations which are local or small but make a big difference. Uh, we have a new feature for Margaret which will be going live in a couple of weeks, so watch out for that.
0: And remember you can send us your thoughts and comments on our website at smallvoice.org.uk, on Facebook or email us at team at grf.org.uk. You can also subscribe to get email updates from us via Substack by visiting smallvoice.substack.com. As usual, look out for the panda. If you see the panda, you know you're in the right place. Um, and if you, particularly if you look at the Substack, it gives you free access to some bonus material. Who wouldn't want more of us?
1: So faithful listener, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, or reminded you rather, that last month we made some recommendations for festive viewing or just things that we generally enjoyed. So uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to have a quick roundup of that uh, to, to talk about how we enjoyed each other's recommendations or to see whether our recommendations came good. So Holly, I'll start by thanking you, by praising you for introducing me to the book, uh, and I've written down John Green on the Anthropocene, but I know that's <laughs> not the that, what was it called? Reviewing the Anthropocene. The I think Anthropocene
0: it's called. reviewed by John
1: it, Green. It's it's we found it quite a difficult book to locate because I think we we found it in Watterson's eventually under literary criticism, which it it really isn't. It's kind of an essays book, and so it might you might find it quite hard to find it. But do you know go, pop into your your local bookshop and ask them. I, I loved it, Holly. Everything that you said and more. I, I I did laugh at quite a lot of it, but it's it's just really uh, deep and and touching and and thoughtful in terms of um, how we live our lives. So thank you for that recommendation.
0: I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I I saw that um, John Green had, had uh, reposted the um, audio version of the essay about Old Lang Syne for Hogmanay. And uh, I just thought the bits of the book that really touched me were his musings on on grief and bereavement, um, but also he uh, he talks. A, there's a wonderful quote about not believing in God but believing around God. Yes. And for a book that made me laugh and isn't a Christian book in in inverted yes. commas, mm-hmm. um, I thought it had so much to offer from a spiritual perspective and a real um. A, a really deep read and uh, the audiobook has some um a bonus content in it as well so uh worth listening to I think as well yeah so I've uh um you recommended uh the book Illuminae which I've now totally forgotten who wrote it it's um,
1: Jay Kristoff and somebody else <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say it, nothing but the best hold on I'll, from, I'll turn uh,
1: around and look at my bookshelf no, no I've moved it to another bookshelf I'm sorry
0: nothing but the best in production standards from the small voice team but uh, I started um, I started reading it um, over Christmas and then kept getting a little bit distracted because um, as, as usual with um, some science fiction stuff it takes a little while to understand the world building at the beginning of it and I just picked yes. up the first couple of pages a couple of times and couldn't understand what was going on um, so now that I've gotten into it it is racing along as you promised that it would um, and i'm really enjoying it so I'll, I'll get back to you when i've a wee bit deeper into that what else have you been uh, reading or watching or listening to uh?
1: well I, I can't quite remember i think it might have been in the summer holly that you recommended uh, the tv program the tv comedy ted lasso which is on apple tv uh, so Jill and I took out a, a free subscription thank you radio times for a month to uh, to Apple uh, TV and firstly we binged the uh, slow horses slow horses sorry um spy series which is great fun but then we thought we'd give Ted lasso a go and and I have to admit even when you talked about it before I thought this is a, a comedy that's really written by Americans I think um it's set in England but it's an American. Uh, an American football coach who comes over with no knowledge of soccer to coach a Premier League and he's set up to fail and I really didn't care for the sound of it although I, I recognised it had the marvellous Hannah Warrington in it Um, and you said, look, it's, you know it has things to say about faith and I, I wasn't entirely convinced and you know what, you're absolutely right Um, we've we binged series one Series two is slow going at the moment, but the first season is, is really, it's very funny, but it is also quite touching in terms of showing a good person and a person who is, well, I don't want to give away spoilers, but um, there's, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of spirituality in that show.
0: Yeah, there's a fabulous um, podcast called Richmond Till We Die, which is a, Um, a Ted Lasso watch-along podcast so it it breaks down every episode and then they've done a couple of special episodes where they've got people in to talk about themes and a couple of the people that they've had on to talk about some of the themes in Ted Lasso have been theologians um and uh, i'll i'll fire it in your direction but it's worth even if you're not up for listening to a watch along episode by episode breakdown of a of a Mm -hmm. 30 minute comedy which is a bit of a strange thing to listen to um specifically um looking out for some of the um uh, the interviews that focus more on the faith-based aspects of it um it's it's definitely worth a listen to and we'll put a link to those in the show notes because they are um we, we do like to shout out unusual um podcasts I think
1: uh podcasts with theological and entertainment crossover
0: yeah I think that was what I was going to say that that uh, it, it certainly didn't set out to be a Christian podcast but they no. are a group of people of faith who are making a podcast about Ted Lasso so it's it drifted
1: <laughs> yeah by the way um the production gods have smiled on us and revealed that um, Illuminae the book uh, is written by Amy Kaufman and Jay Christoph. So Kaufman and Christos look under K in the young adult section, and
0: it's orange. You can't miss it.
1: You, you really can't miss it. What what else have you been watching then, Holly?
0: So um, I well obviously I had to watch Doctor Who over Christmas. So um, watched the uh, the Christmas episodes of Doctor Who, the first um, full length episodes with Gat while playing the Doctor the whole way through. Um, and Darren, you are our Doctor Who experts here. So uh, what did uh, what do you make of the the new Doctor?
1: I'd love to say here, um please go over to Substack where you'll find the bonus hour long episode where we chat about <laughs> about we're gonna be disciplined here. I I I really, really enjoyed it. Um I was a little bit um there were one or two questions in my mind when I first watched it, but, you know, like a good Doctor Who fan, I watched it again. I watched the commentary and everything. And you know what? It, it, it's great Christmas Day fluff, but um, Heaven's Shuri Gatwa has got energy and he's got range. And it's it's just, uh, you know, I, I know that there will be times ahead when the, the, the Doctor will be full of darkness and angst because I think they always end up there. But um, with uh, Russell T Davis at at the helm, it is great to be reminded of the Doctor as a very joyful, kind of life-giving figure.
0: Yeah, I think energy was the word that came to mind for me. There's just something so watchable about Shuti Gatwa. Like I could watch him... For days, and I think a
1: lot of the population could watch Judy Garland <laughs> for days as well.
0: Like, ju- just incredible! And what a face! What a you know what a laugh! Like, I'm I'm looking forward to getting to know him in this character, having really loved him as as Eric in Sex Education. So I'm, um, uh, plenty more to give. And of course, he played one of the Kens in Barbie.
1: He was yeah, but much underused, I think.
0: Yeah, much underused. Obviously, <clears throat> better in this role. Um, the other thing that um we've started watching and obviously no spoilers at all but i've been watching season two of the traitors uk um i i was really worried going into it that same here it wasn't going to work because everybody would understand how the game worked and it would ruin the magic and i am pleased to say that in my opinion it's still working i don't know what you think
1: I I think they've knocked it out of the park, particularly with one or two format tweaks, which I think has been designed to catch out the people who think... I think uh, Claudia Winkleman said early on, you think you know how this works, you don't. And early on I thought, well, it is kind of the same, but they have changed changed it up and there's a lot more gameplay now. I, I still find it fascinating in terms of why would you go on TV and basically... I I wonder if the 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 TV people just point a camera and insist after an after an hour you give in and you just see something really really stupid because that's clearly what you want to see and then that's what they play. I'm just so clever. Oh, you're really not.
0: Why would you go on TV and say I am a clairvoyant and then
1: obviously you're going? I didn't see that coming. <laughs>
0: yeah, obviously you're not going to see what's coming. I I find what I love people watching. I could watch people for, I, I I just, I'm so nosy, I'm so interested in people and I'm fascinated at the way people behave whenever they kind of forget that they're being watched. And um, strangely, the time in The Traitors where they forget they're being watched is the round table whenever they're all sitting talking to each other. And they all go a little bit crazy. Some, uh, no spoilers, but some more than others. And I... They get caught up in the moment of it. I just find the traitors fascinating. Now, I know that there's a UK version and there's a US version that's a mixture of celebs and, uh, I was going to say plebs, and normal people who are not celebrities. Um, John Berko. John Berko,
1: (laughs) Former Speaker of the House of Commons.
0: Um, So, and there's other versions of it, but um, I have really only properly watched the uk version and i think claudia Winkleman is wonderful and well-dressed um so the um uh, another podcast recommendation you see you'll be thinking all i do is listen to podcasts i promise i do
1: do other things. You drive to work Holly I drive drive
0: to work and uh, sometimes the radio is rubbish but uh, there's a new uh, podcast from the stable of uh, The Rest is Politics called uh, The Rest is Entertainment presented by Richard Osman and Marina Hyde and they uh, talked about um, on a recent episode what they would would do if they went on the traitor so what their strategy would be And um, I thought it was a really great listen and I think also a a useful listen for people like me who believe that they would be smart enough to (laughs) win the traitors because they do kind of point out that really uh, people who maybe aren't trying to be super smart about it do quite well. (laughs) And I think I would be trying to play the game really hard and I don't necessarily think that would win me any pals.
1: I think if I was a traitor, I would go and melt down, and I think if I was a faithful, I would just sit in the corner <laughs> and, and hum to myself because you just you just wouldn't know who you know. I would always be thinking for anyone speaking to me. I would always be thinking you could be a traitor. You know, people seem maybe I'm overrating myself on this, but people seem to just they they immediately because they form friendships, they start chatting about. Oh yeah, I'm thinking about him, but I I, I honestly would never lose sight of the fact that. Even the person I thought was my best friend in there could be ready to stab me in the back, not literally, but um but, but then I don't think I would sleep at night. <laughs> no,
0: I think that's the issue is how do you um it, how it must be so intense because you're they're literally chucking yes. somebody out every day and killing someone every or killing someone in inverted car for those who haven't watched it it's not some hunger games uh no. <laughs> drama. But, it's all very british. <laughs> yeah, a couple of people are going out every day. You're getting whittled down very quickly. It's very intense and uh, the walls have ears and I I um I don't think it would be a fun experience. My my wife says that um anyone who would go on anything like that is is completely nuts. Um because they do things like throw you in a, they were throwing them in a loch which within about 5 <laughs> minutes of it starting.
1: Yeah. I guess you you sign up for it, don't you? That's just the way it is. Well, listen, we could go on for ages about uh, all of those things. So we'll, we'll call a halt to it there. But obviously, faithful listener, if you've got any thoughts uh, on the the TV shows that we mentioned or the, you know, John Green's book or the Illuminae. Any recommendations of your own? Our socials are always open. Our Substack is always open. Facebook is always there. Or you can you can email us. But we'll, we'll remind you at the end of the show of all the ways that you can get in touch. And we absolutely love, love, love to hear from you.
0: Well, faithful listeners we have arrived safely um if a bit battered and bruised at January 2024 2024 that doesn't sound like a real year I feel like we're owed a couple of back um a couple of years back because of pandemic time um January is often a time for setting goals making resolutions uh, the gyms are packed and folks are doing dry January or vegan January Darren has any of that tempted you have you made any New year's resolutions
1: I I don't think I have. I I did I did spend a little while by uh, selecting and buying a new diary, so there is a chance that I have once again <laughs> thought that purchasing a bit of stationery will transform my life. I have to say, because Holly, you know, you and I can chat have a good chat about stationery. So far, it's working okay. Um, I'll, I'll maybe do a sub stack on it, but no, I I find. Re- resolutions that are restrictive, you know, giving up things. there is a part of me that thinks you are in the coldest, the bleakest part of the year. you know, it's not like giving up giving up things if you're in Australia and it's summer. So I, 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 I find that hard. The most successful ones I've ever had was I think one year I said uh, to myself, I, I'm going learn I'm gonna learn French. So that was my resolution. I signed up for a French class, and I went along to the French class. And you know what? I ended up being able to get by a little bit better in France than before. Or actually, um, we did our first Argentine Tango classes in January. Strictly speaking, it was a Christmas present from me to Jill, but you know, it was it was a bit resolutiony as well. So I think taking up something is is likely to be far more successful than giving up something. Uh, but I don't know, what, what's your experience, Olly?
0: So I um haven't made any New Year's resolutions this year, which is different from my usual practice. So okay. um, usually I am a person that I like, if, uh, as we've talked about stationery, I like a blank sheet of paper. I like to turn over the page. I like the new diary. I love. Sometimes I'll buy a mid-year diary in September <laughs> because I'll be like, "No, I need a new start. That my new start wasn't good enough. I need another yeah, one."
1: I, so, I recognize this.
0: So I do. I like that energy. There's like a bit wh- of wind at your back. Um, so um, uh, there's a a podcast that. Um, Well there's a a couple of podcasts there's one called um, Happier with Gretchen Rubin which um, I don't particularly love but um, I do quite like listening to it this time of year and her sister does one called Happier in Hollywood she's a Hollywood writer and Mm -hmm. she does one with her writing partner and one of the things that they do um, they did 20 for 2020 so 20 resolutions for 2020 and obviously that went really well because everybody um didn't realize they were walking into a global pandemic um yeah. so obviously it was 21 for 21 uh, etc so it's now we're at 24 for 2024 um i did that um i think from 2019 onwards um up to 2023 and i realized this year as i was reviewing my resolutions for 2023 at the end of the year that actually 2023 was going to be the last year that i pretended that i was going to do any of that what, what, what stuff was your on the list
1: of, what, what was your hit rate typically? my hit rate
0: i think i got like i think it was about half and half okay um, but that was with me learning that i had to put a couple of gimmies on it so i would put on like <laughs> you know like buy a new black uh coat because i knew that i needed one and i would yeah. do that or like um stuff that i kind of knew was probably going to happen anyway with work that was kind of 80% done um so it's I mean it, it ranges wildly between like get better at visiting my family which I'm terrible at and I did not see any of my family in Northern Ireland in uh, 2023 at all because I'm genuinely terrible at it so obviously that was that that didn't work but it also it was a big nebulous target down to um, add to my new tattoo which I'd already booked an appointment for so it was completely useless <laughs> this year I the other thing that that um uh, Gretchen Rubens and Liz Kraft do on their podcast is they set a word of the year so they they choose one word that is, sort of symbolizes all of their goals for the year and often that's kind of quite restrictive and a bit targets based and um but I don't use it like that I I've used it almost to pick a word that will be my like a, a word to meditate on for the year um and I use it um in, in all sorts of ways and uh, I you know I, I do find that I'll I, picking one word that I can use to kind of hold myself accountable is is sometimes helpful I'll maybe come back to to this year's word later on but um in the past they've ranged from poetry was my word of the year one year um uh, my word of the year last year was table I'll I'll let you decide why my word might be table but they 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 can be a bit obvious to a bit um a bit less obvious um but I don't know I find that a useful practice for me I have to say any of the big massive life changes I've made um I've not made them in January I don't think January is a good time to start doing stuff um I think the biggest change to my year my life over the last few years has been um, getting into exercise and strength training in a really big way so um, I lift weights and I do that a lot so I'm a person who went from never exercising a day in my life to seriously going to the gym for like two hours at, at, a, at a time several times a week which um, I, I never thought I would be the person that did that but I didn't do that because I um, I made a resolution in January <laughs> Um, You know, I went because I had a health scare and then just discovered something that I really loved and it stuck. And it's a bit like you were saying about the Argentine tango or the French lessons. I took up something that I loved and taking up that thing changed my
1: perspective. You didn't know that you were going to love it, though, did you?
0: Uh, No, but I was uh, being bullied by... uh, (laughs) by my wife to do i was um, diagnosed with diabetes and she's a diabetes doctor and uh, she bullied me into taking up more exercise to see if it would help my blood sugars now it did help my blood sugars but it was also just the best thing i've like the best fun i've had for ages so it it turns (laughs) out i'm a deeply boring gym rat person which is also why i (laughs) listen to so many podcasts
1: (laughs) so what is it is 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 it just that desire to start afresh? To the, is it a triumph of, of hope <laughs> over expectation that every year, we you know this kind of quest for self improvement, I, I I kind of do wonder. I know that in terms of, the Guardian had had a a nice feature uh, in New Year, and they were saying, well, look, um, give up give up giving up or, you know, why not give up some things that you don't enjoy, which actually I think is pretty good advice. Or, or the other thing is, um, there, there's a writer, Oliver Berkman, who's, he, he's very good and very grounded, I think. He's he's not the, you know, like the usual kind of self-help gurus and he would, certainly wouldn't describe himself as that. And his line is, you know, cut yourself some slack. You know, if you want to do dry January, you know, accept that you probably won't and do dry-ish January. Um, <clears throat> now, it might depend on your on your personality, <laughs> whether you're you're binary, whether it can only be one thing or the other, I don't know. And there's also um, that Dr. Chapruz brings out loads of books Michael Mosley and I don't know if you've seen his one thing he says just one thing and it was a BBC series as well here's one thing that can change your life all you have to do is you know go for a walk 30 minutes a day and I bought his book and there's about 20 just one things and by the end of it I'm thinking there's nothing left in my day now he does say you're only meant to do pick one of these things but everything that he says has got a benefit anyway
0: (laughs) yeah it's tricky I think there's there's a a kind of cult of kind of life optimization out there that if only i like this like the life hacker people like if only i just did this this and this um i will never age and i will always be fit and well and i can stop bad things happening to me and obviously that's all a, a, a lot of nonsense um i read the um the oliver berkman article um from just before um hogmanite it's called the key to keeping new year's resolutions don't make them in the first place which i think <laughs> um does put quite a lot of the uh, article in the uh, the title of the, the he does not he does not bury the lead um yeah. but uh, one of the things that made me laugh was he said that whenever it's time for a new you you need to remember that the person who's in charge of making all the changes <laughs> is in fact the old you um so you so you're obviously not going to do that are you and i think i have found that incredibly helpful um, just I'm an all or nothing person I've always been an all or nothing person and I, I, I do get a bit superstitious about if I just do this this and this Um, in terms of health or I, I, I can get a wee bit like it with my spiritual life as well if I just tick all of the boxes then that means I'm going to be you know happy and healthy I think some of it I, I do wonder sometimes whether some of it comes from my a uh, sort of more you, my church background would sort of suggest, you know, you must have a quiet time every day, and you must do this. Yeah. There, was, there was always lots of stuff
1: you could resolve to do. Um, it, it's interesting you say that. So it, it's almost, yeah, su- superstition in a way. It's not. It's not to ward off. Well, some people would say, "Well, you do that to ward off the bad thing happening." I think in a in some, I'm going to say evangelical um, circles, it's more. If you don't do this, then bad things will happen to you because basically, <laughs> that's what God's like. Which is, I know is not the evangelical message, but uh, I was listening to. Uh, We've mentioned so many podcasts, but Holly, you mentioned um, to me the the podcast Mid Faith Crisis, um, which is is a, a really interesting podcast. Uh, two <coughs> two chaps. I'm sorry, uh, it's my turn to not remember the name. Nick Page Nick and Page. Dan. And Dan, uh, someone, <laughs> thank you, production team. We're off to Google even as we do this. You think we just make this up as we go along, anyway? Um, they mentioned that you know, Joe Davis, di- sorry, you. Nick. Was, Davis.
0: I, it was annoying me that I couldn't remember. Joe, Nick, and yeah. Joe.
1: So, the podcast Mid Faith Crisis, uh, which is presented by Nick Page and Joe Davis, and they talk about the view that we have of God, and they say that basically, um, Maybe it's because we see him as more punitive, you know. We're talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They say, "Well, it's really the Father that's in charge, and he's basically like Zeus, you know. He's he's got thunderbolts, so he's he's got his finger on a smite button." And it's pathetic that that's, you know, our default image is of God, you know, beard, old guy in a cloud.
0: Yeah, and uh, one thing that um. I- sort of running gag on midfifth crises crisis is that they they describe us as we're 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 just wormy worms we're, we're just we're just wormy worms and that obviously that's not my view of of god at all but i do get this little kind of um hold back to that where i kind of think well god can't god can't love me like this i must be a better me and then i will be worthy of um uh, worthy of the love of god and that's obviously not uh, not how things work at all and i think there's some there's some overlap between that and the kinds of um health and fitness industry and this individualistic rhetoric yes. of like i am just gonna pull myself up by my bootstraps and i'll get myself to heaven and i'll just get on that treadmill and lose a couple of stone and that's my my health is my responsibility and i i i find myself falling into that trap um quite frequently despite it being the absolutely antithetical to my actual values which are of connectedness and interdependence and um yeah i, do, I don't know there's just something about january that that brings out a slightly more right wing side of me which is, <laughs> is probably not very
1: attractive i'm I'm struck by what you said though about about images of god um I hope and you know <laughs> universalist klaxon coming up, you know, I I, I I don't know what happens when we die. I struggle. I, I, I actually I positively reject a God that would um that would eternally damn souls. I, I I don't want to know that. Um so in one sense I shouldn't be worrying about that. What I find difficult is actually, you know what, Holly? What I find difficult is believing the good news. I think my my theology is that it's exactly what you said: is it's acceptance and it's interconnectedness. But it it's scary to th- th- and and live as if as if that might be true. But it's hard to do. Mm.
0: I um if we rewind through Christmas and the beginning part of the new year was part of a an Advent um, book group this year and it was a, something that I, I kept finding myself saying was that one of the reasons that sometimes I struggle with evangelical um, evangelicals is that I know if I was put on the spot I would struggle to sort of to say what it was about my, my faith that made it special for me. And I realized that that wasn't really true that like, I, I know why I, um, I believe in God and I know why, uh, why I believe in Jesus and why the person of Jesus is important to me, but because my faith uh, in the beginning parts of my faith was about a, it wasn't about the teachings of Jesus. It was about the cross and the resurrection and not the symbolism of that, but about that literally doing something to, to save me. And I don't really believe in, in that kind of individual redemption narrative so much anymore. And certainly not the kind of penal substitutionary atonement that I was fed as a teenager. Um, The problem with a more liberal faith, I think sometimes is that it's not pithy. Like I can't, I can't tie my faith to uh uh yeah I can't make it pithy but then also there's that other what you've just said um that sometimes I find it difficult to believe it to be true because there's still a little bit of my brain that just thinks I need to work a bit harder and do a bit better so if all of this new year's resolution stuff isn't how you'd make change do you I, I can't think of a way of saying this but do you think that transformation is possible or desirable like is are you someone that wants to transformation in life
1: oh gosh there's a there's a deep question I think oh I know to,
0: <laughs> it, it came it, it just came out like that I wasn't intending it to be quite so deep do you, you do you need the transforming <laughs> love of Jesus and you're sorry
1: Ab- <laughs> absolutely um I think I am Scottish, so you know I'm happy to get by on doing okay. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you don't you don't aspire to fantastic if you're Scottish or or I don't. Um Transformation is is interesting. I I think um absolutely people could be transformed. People can be transformed by faith. You know, maybe in some in some cases you have a your you know your Damascene conversion, uh, although it's more likely that it's gradual. I was thinking about this and I think that what comes with faith is a is a changing of values. You know, it's a a, a, a radical reassessment of values. You know, I don't think I would say to someone um, if you become a Christian, you're going to be happy all the time. You know, I would say, how happy are you usually on a scale of one to ten? You know, <laughs> Christianity might bump you up by half. You know, <laughs> you know because because you're that that that's that's your personality. I I, I don't you know, I think we, we tend to well I, can I contradict myself and tell you a we a week kind of, a wee story here. I <clears throat> met someone that I was at school with um, and I hadn't seen him for a long time. And I saw him in the context of him being a parent of a of a of a child that I was teaching. And we you know, we hadn't seen seen each other. Uh, and I don't want to give any details here, but he was he was the easiest going guy that you know, I, I think of him at, at secondary school and, and nothing ruffled him. He was just chilled. And maybe it's what Fatherhood does to you. But the the, the, the the man that I saw, you know, probably twenty years later, was it was radically different. But then I think, well, yeah, of course. I mean if you met yourself from 20 years ago you you would you would hope you would have changed in some way
0: yeah but then you kind of wonder then is transformation is some of it peeling away some of the layers of what time does to you and taking you back to uh, not you never want to go back to who you were whenever you were a teenager but to 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 be able to be a more authentic and and pure form of your yourself. I, I don't know. I, I mean I certainly think transformation is possible because I've seen it. Um, you know, I've seen lives changed, I've seen lives transformed for the better, I've seen lives change for the worse. Um, and I really desperately believe in getting alongside people and kindling whatever flame of hope exists in their lives. Um, because I think by and large, transformation isn't radical. Transformation is getting up every day and something being a little bit different. Um, and I think that, you know, we've, we've talked a lot on this podcast before about the kingdom of God and what does it mean? What does the kingdom of God mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think if we are serious and committed as Christians to um, living as if the kingdom of god is here that that is a, a process of gradual transformation it's not waking up one day and suddenly we've got robes and halos or whatever it's it's a different it's a different thing it's about justice and peace and hope and um, it's a bit more nitty-gritty and less um, pie in the sky i guess
1: yeah i know that for, for people who go through the stage of, of of joining a church and getting very involved in church and then maybe begin to to sort of question um, quite what's going on, maybe get a little bit disillusioned. I'm <laughs> not going to use the word backslide that dreadful word um but you know you come to a point where you, you realize that there's faith and there's doubt and I think at times it can feel as if your faith is hanging by a thread.
0: Yeah,
1: and I, there's part of me that that would love that to be transformed so that the thread could become thicker and more secure, but maybe what actually happens is that you you learn to hold you learn to cope with holding it loosely. Does that does that make sense?
0: So I think so. I I need you know it wouldn't be faith. If if it was certainty, you know the opposite of of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty, and I think there's something really precious about being able to to hold on to something a bit more loosely. Um, I think I uh, I think both of us, uh, as part of our um, uh, preparation for this podcast, we're doing a wee bit of digging in the Small Voice archive. And yes. listened to an interview from uh, way, way back before before the pandemic, if such a time even existed. Um, December
1: twenty nineteen,
0: yeah. Um, with uh, it was a, an interview that Anne did as part of the um, Thousand Words um, strand with uh, the Reverend Doctor uh, Martin Johnson, and uh, that strand uh, uh, people brought along a picture that meant a lot to them and the the image that uh, martin johnson talked about was uh of a family heirloom teacup yes and uh he was talking about um a fragility and what it meant to be fragile both as a as a teacup but also as as human beings um and Part of that he was talking about fragility not being a, not being a bad thing and how we could see fragility as being something necessary and precious.
1: Yeah <clears throat> because I, I think I've, I've been on this <laughs> faith train, whatever it is um, so long. I can't. I can't see getting back to. But you know what, Holly? I, I was never. I, I was never. You know. I, I, I never had certainty. You know. You know. I, I couldn't say that I've ever had certainty about my faith. Um, logically, to me, it doesn't make any sense to have certainty. You simply cannot. Um, so it's that that kind of step of faith. Um, but. I think that if you speak to quite a lot of people who who go through similar experiences, they'll say the same thing. And and we mentioned this on a podcast before. You know, the time that you felt you had certainty was when you were together with everyone singing. I I shouldn't give another name check to um, the mid-faith crisis, but I did like them talking about um, singing, um, singing Christian songs that you didn't necessarily believe in. And the gag was that, when I was a Christ- when I became a Christian, I stopped I stopped telling lies and I started singing them.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think there's something about that hanging by a thread and then Martin Johnson's teacup and fragility. I think there's something about something being fragile and precious at the same time. I think faith and hope is always fragile and precious and a bit hanging on by a thread. Um, And I also think that, that, um, I I don't know what it's like in in teaching, but there's a lot of nonsense in um, healthcare about um, resilience over the past few years. We just need to develop our own personal resilience and everything will be better. And uh, I I think some of us always thought that was a bit of nonsense, but I think we're increasingly starting to see that people recognising that actually just being resilient and just being okay and just is, isn't is actually that isn't actually a thing that works that's not how human beings are wired
1: no it's a bit like making a new year's resolution isn't it <laughs> think about
0: it oh 100 percent. so i'll, I'll maybe uh, so I've, i talked a wee bit about earlier on about having a, a word for the year and my word for the year for 2024 is the word tend um oh. and i have thought a wee bit Um, over through December and into early January about what it would mean to tend myself and to tend my relationships as one would a garden and not strive to always be making those things better, to not be able to to not reduce the things in my life that I love to to to-do lists because I'm so guilty of doing that. So my, my word for this year is tend, which um
1: did did you look up a dictionary definition out of it, of it, out of um, interest
0: then? i did i'm not going to be able to quote it <laughs> um i did sort of swither between a few different ones i have to say that friend of the show uh laura um who's been on the podcast before has already been using it to bully me cuz she she asked <laughs> she asked me this week what i did to what did i do to tend myself this week and i was like go away leave me alone <laughs>
1: It's got it's got connotations of of longer term though, hasn't it? Certainly, talking about tend your garden, it's not. Yeah, that's that's
0: know. what that's to me. That's what I'm thinking about, and I think also it doesn't just apply to myself, but it applies to my relationships and my faith and and church and you know my job. How can I treat? You know, I, I I'm a senior manager in a hospice, so how can I treat? tend my hospice like it's a garden rather than endlessly strive to make it the best hospice in the world which is, is partly uh, that's my pathology so my my wiring is towards all or nothing I'm going to do this I'm going to be the best at this and actually that's not healthy Um. so uh, maybe I am doing what Oliver Berkman was suggesting and cutting myself a bit of slack but um, I I think uh, when I stop seeing faith, particularly as something to be held on to desperately, um, white knuckling through faith, and instead see it as a garden to be tended, then I think probably that's spiritually healthier. Yeah. Um. So I'll, uh, we can we can check in, see how my year long meditation on the word tend goes. I'll... Oh, uh, I'm sure I, I can. I can pull a couple of Substack articles uh, <laughs> <laughs> off I, 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 about I, that.
1: I, I promise not to bully about it, Holly.
0: No, we can we can leave that to Laura. I'm sure she wouldn't call it bullying. She's a chaplain. She's obviously tending is uh, is her job.
1: So Absolutely.
0: I'm sure she only meant it with kindness. Maybe she'll come back and check up on me.
1: Yeah. Well, that's all from us this time, Faithful Listener. Uh, We will be back next month, but please do listen out over the next couple of weeks for a Small Voice of the Month podcast from Margaret, where she will be speaking to people involved in the Street Pastors Project. And if you haven't yet done so, uh, why not subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or whatever podcast app you use? And if you've liked the show, why not leave a review on there too? It genuinely does help other folks to find us, as long as it's a positive review, by the way. If it's a negative review, just keep this as our little secret.
0: Yeah, talk about bullying. Please leave (laughs) us a positive review on iTunes. Um, And if you want to give us feedback, you can get in touch with us privately if you want to slag us off. But you can um, find us on Facebook, visit our website, smallvoice.org.uk, or email us at the.team at grf.org.uk or as Darren mentioned earlier why not subscribe to our Substack feed so that you can access our bonus material for free find us at smallvoice.substack.com so until next month uh, bye and uh, I hope that you have all the best of luck with your new year's resolutions even though we've trashed them